0: everyone, Eric Watson here, freelance writer, player of games, writer of Orge, quarter videos, and tabletop roleplaying aficionado. Welcome to the Thursday edition of Bye Bye Weekly Behind the Scenes. i live stream, crafting the deep in which I build, write, and prepare for our next session of Call from the Deep. In fact, our final stream before the holiday break, 2023. If you're playing characters like Gotwald, Max, Savar, or Twirl, this is not meant for you, but for the rest of you, welcome. We stream our D&D sessions live on YouTube every Friday. You can join our official Discord server with invite link in the description below if you'd like to support the channel. Please check out Patreon.com slash RogueWatson for our campaign. We use Roll20.net for streaming. I use OBS Studio, and apparently I screwed up my size of my screen. Let me fix that. Doo, 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 doo. There we go. Nope, a little bit off. Let's see if you can get a little bit better. Okay, there we go. Roll20 screen is fixed. Uh, not to humble brag, but I have an ultra-wide monitor, and uh, it remembers the size, and I don't use the whole ultra-wide screen because I want to screw up my overlays and just I keep everything at... Basically the same size I need it for, which is like two thirds of the screen width, and then I can kind of you, I, I do some complicated system of overlapping so that I can read my notes on this screen. Still have three monitors. Anyway, long story short, occasionally, uh, for some reason when I like come back from sleep mode or something, it resizes the screens every once in a while, and I have to fix them before I go live or during the live stream. Sometimes, as you just witnessed. Uh, I hope everybody's gearing up for the holiday break. We are. Imminently close. Uh, last night we did the fun tradition of going to get uh, hot chocolates or coffee mochas, and then driving around looking at uh, Christmas lights, which is really fun, and the kids really enjoyed it. We enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I highly recommend it. We, we have we moved into a huge, cool neighborhood uh, this last summer, and we literally just had to go around our own neighborhood, and we still only probably saw like we tooled around for probably an hour. And saw maybe 60% of our neighborhood. Like it's gigantic. And it is. They've got some really cool displays. Where I was like holy shit. If I was like across the street from this person. I would be annoyed. Because like just the house is fucking so bright. Even at night. It's crazy. Happy holidays CT. Repus, Rodrigo, James, Lazy DM, Morgan. Good to see all you. Band jokes. We've got them the holy water map. Yeah. Last uh Monday's stream was uh, was a special one. Of all the of all the crafting streams I've done, that was that was one of them. <laughs> and now we're thinking about how best to use this water map. Look at that. Just bask in its glory. It's so good. I am really happy about how it turned out though. Because I was very dissatisfied about how this uh, dungeon was kind of laid out where you have this giant cool Obvious, like, boss arena room, and yet nothing really of consequence going on in there. And now I think we have uh, some better stuff going on here, courtesy of James with the recommendation of using a roper, which I think is amazing. Let's go ahead and stick it on the GM layer, though. So now it's just a question of how best do we trigger this fight, um, and what do we do about our Mind Flayer friend, our Mind Flayer boss, Thiliosk, who is kind of in charge of the Gunderland operation, the, the one behind... The, uh, the 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 Sawagan, In fact, I wasn't able to really convey this in the wreck of the Golden Crown. But whenever uh, Chris's character Gotwald destroyed that shield of Farsight, that would have been tied to uh, Thyleos. He was specifically uh, commanding uh, the Sawagan in this area and kind of just in charge of this region, kind of like an underling boss. So on the one hand, it would be nice for the players to put a bow on it and be able to defeat this boss and maybe not get the wrong idea that he is kind of the big bad. On the other hand. I think, I I just don't see a way for them to be able to fight him yet. They don't seem very better able to do that. And Now I'm even thinking we could try to design the campaign where, like, we can stick one of these Mind Flayer bosses in various regions to where, like, they're in charge of various um, villainous compounds, maybe even replace some of the bosses. Oh, thank you, Lazy DM. Yes, for the hat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know what the reason for the season is, Lazy DM. It's Chris's fucking birthday. Uh, thank you so much for the super chat, though. Um, Chris, one of my all-time best friends, one of the all-time greats, a real goat of a friend, uh, is turning the big 4-0 this year. And his birthday, I, I mentioned this every year, but in case we have forgotten, is on Christmas Day. So obviously I have to tease him endlessly uh, for that. But uh, I'm so looking forward to... Uh, seeing him last year, I got sick with fucking COVID from my sister. Um, we had seen them a couple days before Christmas, saw my family and I came down with it on Christmas day. I still had like Christmas morning was fun, but then like later that day I started feeling bad and it just hit me and I was, I was, and literally we were planning on seeing each other right after, cause he's usually, you know, here, uh, in Texas to see family for the holidays. And then I usually end up seeing him. And I didn't get to see him but like one day, I think. We're planning this whole like couple day, you know, of just hanging out, drinking beers and playing board games as you do. And I didn't get to see him but like one day over uh the New Year's Christmas break kinda. And then last year he got or sorry, that that was last year, that was 2022. Uh, and then la- uh, the year before that, 2021, he got sick with the flu because of seeing family. And we didn't get to see each other at all. And then the year before that, it was 2020, which was pandemic, and nobody saw each other. Now, I have since seen him on other seasons, um, mainly two summers in a row. This last summer, we all saw each other. We went to that big beach vacation, saw the D&D group, uh, and it was a lot of fun. And then uh, the summer before that, we got together also because we hadn't seen each other in forever. So we have seen each other, so don't feel too bad about that. But I'm really, really, really excited and looking forward. Knock on wood, nobody gets fucking sick. Um, specifically seeing Chris again for uh, the holidays because he lives uh, out of state, and that's just one of the few times we get to see him. So, yeah, and it's a big one, right? I think 40s—it's a big milestone. I am—I am the. By the way, I'm the youngest one of the friend group. Uh, as the summer birthday. So I will be the last to uh, to hit, I, well, I guess not including the women folk. <laughs> both uh, Rochelle and uh, and Heather uh, are both uh, younger. Uh, Raymond's wife is not, but uh, they're both uh, slightly younger. But uh, yeah, I, 40, is, 40 is such a big one. It's it's a big milestone. I feel like that's probably the biggest milestone since like 25, I feel like. Because 25, you can like rent a car. <laughs> Uh, and then like nothing exciting happens milestone wise. I'm I'm 30. Like maybe people joke about, oh, I'm you know R.I.P. my 20s or something. But nobody really. People roll their eyes about that. Like yeah, okay, 30s is just fine, and 30s are fine. 40 though, is that still considered to be over the hill? Like that that feels like a bigger, a bigger number. And then probably the next one after that is like 55, when you can, when you can join retirement communities and really get teased. So. Yeah, it's uh, feelings. Feel, thoughts and feelings are what I have about this, but mostly I'm just looking forward to to seeing that fool again and seeing... Uh, hopefully we can play some of these fucking board games I've got behind me. They sit there too long. I need to play more games. He's a great guy. A good DM, too. Uh, what did I open? Wreck of the Golden Crown. That's the wrong one. Bronzo Mine is what we're looking at here. So, yeah, I think I think I like the idea of them not battling Thileosk here, but doing the classic villain angle of him disappearing because mind flayers can just plane shift and disappear, which is just a great tool for really any uh reoccurring villain to have. You need some kind of disappearing teleportation magic to, to escape <laughs> properly in a world where people have access to easy magic that can restrain people. And I love the idea of having a Roper go... Boy, now I'm even thinking we could... Maybe the Roper was even like an experiment by Thilios. Maybe it was like like the ultimate mutated creature. Ooh. I'm, I'm tempted to even combine it with like a gibbering mouth or something. But that'd probably be too strong now that I think about it. I mean, I could just use the Roper stat block and maybe just flavor it as like people... Like, one person who's been super mutated? I don't know. It's it's a really... <laughs> this thing looks about as far from a humanoid as you can get, though. It's basically a penis with one eyeball, a bunch of serrated mouths, and tentacles coming out. I don't even want to... Freud would have a fucking field day uh, with this creature. So, yeah, I don't think... <laughs> maybe I can flavor it as being somehow tied to the Mind flare having control. Or maybe the Mind flare just turned into a thrall. Who's to say that he can't... Uh, transform a roper into a thrall. I don't know. Also, I like the idea of creating a creature in the water. Uh, did we ever come up with what creature we could? I wonder if I could, let's just... let's test the compendium. I wonder if they fixed the filter, made it a little bit easier to look at. Can we filter by like swim speed now? Oh, well, it's not a drop-down menu, it's just speed. I did speed, yes. (laughs) Can I just type swim? Is that going to work? I'd really rather use Roll20 for this versus a website, but I have not had good luck with the companion. You know, it used to be not unwieldy, but then they just adding more and more and more creatures and things to it, and now it's just become, uh, unfortunately, kind of a pain in the ass to use. I'm not sure if that's gonna work. Uh, and I really can't search by type because main creatures, I guess a, a beast is what I'm looking for. Let's try to search for beast. Yeah, I think I could do quippers. Uh, let's see if this works. Especially because I didn't use quippers in the Wreck of the Golden Crown. Just uh, something in the, probably not like sharks. But, uh, Quippers are probably better. Alright. I don't think these are all beasts. Uh, alright. Come on now. Type. Beast. I sing Roll20's praises when I can, but also I'm very critical of things that are a pain in the ass. And the compendium, at least my compendium, which has everything in it, is unfortunately a giant pain in the ass. Why is this not it's not like not refreshing? I do already have the quippers in here so maybe that'd be easier to use. In fact, I could use uh, the monsters that are already here might also be a good idea. It wouldn't take much. You'd probably just need like the one swarm in there to mess with people. In terms of their, I mean, yeah, they're kind of a glass cannon. Well, except the damage resistance. But Blood Frenzy, Bite Attack, plus 5 for 4d6 damage if they have more than half their hit points. You could just throw, like, maybe one or two Swarms in there. Would they count as creatures that would be, yeah, it would be like a cave? So the idea here is there's there was a lot of activity here. Uh, this is where they kind of built the army up and, like, enchanted the ships and everything, so it'd be the kind of creatures that would be, uh, I don't know, that would take advantage of a lot of activity? I don't, what am I even trying to think of here? Like cockroaches kind of a thing? <laughs> Cranium Quippers. Oh, yeah, the mind, with the mind powers. Yeah, so do I even want to, do I want to try to, like, customize this Roper? I'm, I'm almost nervous, too, because I think the is kind of strong enough as it is with its stat block, CR5, challenge rating. I guess it depends on if the Roper, how, what else is involved in this fight. Because if the Roper's by himself, even though he does have four attacks... I guess you could always give him like a legendary actions, kind of similar, or a layer action, really similar to what uh, Burn ended up getting, which is like the you know a mind spike or some some kind of psychic ability that reflects the fact that it's been uh, like transformed or enthralled by a mind flare. It's probably the easiest thing to add to it. Keep everything else the same, but maybe add a a layer action if I really wanted to create a more of a boss fight out of it. a uh, carrion crawler it still needs to be swimming i guess i could always make a carrion crawler that can swim but yeah what's some is there something like a carrion crawler that can swim i guess that i don't know maybe some kind of ooze in the water that would be kind of freaky is that too much to combine some kind of would oozes hang out in the water. I feel like I feel like water is something you do to an ooze, and that makes it less oozy. <laughs> versus water, uh, versus oozes that can hang out in the water. That'd be a hell of a thing to be dropped into. And that's definitely like a more carrion type creature that would kind of digest things. Definitely something that's not uh, sentient or anything like that flipping through all the creatures that are in here. Swarm of poisonous snakes. Ooh. Snake infested waters. You could also just put a big snake in there. I'm sure my wife would love that. I actually used eel hounds once upon a time. Morgan, do you remember that? Have you watched our... Gosh, what was that? I think it was Prince of the Apocalypse. It was forever ago. And that was um, hilariously... Back before I realized that uh, Cobalt Press's creatures are not undertuned like uh, the Monster Manual creatures are. And And unfortunately, the way they balance them back in favor of the DM is to just kind of jack up the hit points on everything. Which I don't necessarily think is the most fun and engaging. It just makes those fights last longer. And everybody remembers it kind of for the wrong reason. We're like, oh yeah, I remember this. This this fight just lasted forever. Swarm of lightning eels. You know, we didn't use the lightning eel either. We could use a giant lightning eel in there. That would be maybe interesting. Another unique creature. Uh, why did it have to be eels? In fact, there's. it looks like there's a swarm of lightning eels and there was also a giant lightning eel. Those are both options. To Use something that's more uh, unique to this campaign. Yeah, we've got, and there there are giant crabs in here also. Uh, The giant lightning eel is a CR three, which yeah has its big electric shock ability. Ooh, yeah, we you know we didn't use it last time, so that would be pretty good. I used them because of that encounter. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Oh man, I think I think that was my first use of a of a creature from Tomo Beast. I think it was pretty new at the time. What do we think is more compelling or makes more sense for this water? Now I'm leaning towards Swarm of Lightning Eel, sw- Swarm of Lightning Eels or Giant Lightning Eel. You know what? We have a poll for that. Using the watery Swarm. Clackety Clackety. All right, so we'll start a poll to see uh, which we like better for the... Now, this is only if the roper grabs people and only if they are able to free themselves and then fall into the water, then, of course, there's going to be some kind of beast in the water that becomes then another problem for them, and I think that's going to be really fun. The question is, do we use, like, one and probably only one... Of these things. So either one giant lightning eel. Or a swarm of lightning eels. So the giant lightning eel has the lightning jolt ability. Where it can shock everything in the water on a recharge. Also has multi-attack where it makes two bite attacks. So way stronger. The swarm. uh, Let's see. Plus six. Actually it's slightly better at hitting. uh, Does a lot less damage. But target must make a dc10 con save or take 4d6 lightning damage on a failed save or half as much on a successful one so actually it doesn't do less damage uh it's it actually has more damage right because even if it's even if they make the save it has an average of 14 damage if you include the piercing damage and the lightning damage and if they fail the save it does like 20 some damage now it only has one attack though instead of the multi-attack so that's a little bit different Uh, ...damage resistances effectively give it a lot more hit points as well. So, both of them pretty viable, but let's see... ...kind of what's more interesting, what makes more sense. sure these guys are all not set to auto-roll anything. I don't know where the Swarm normally appears in the campaign, but the, the Lightning Eel... ...was technically set to appear in the Wreck of the Golden Crown. It didn't end up using it because we had enough battles... As it is, and I think pacing-wise, it worked out that it only took uh, two sessions to get through that area. And I'm thinking this area should only take us one session. If If I'm looking at it right, I mean, maybe we do a little bit of a skill check thing to get through the cave. Maybe it's been partially collapsed. Um... I definitely like the idea of being some kind of a tripwire thing system here that maybe players can notice, but probably won't. This is not the most perceptive party. Now, if any time they want to say they want to make a perception check, then they can do that and maybe make the the roll. But if I set it at like a DC 15, I don't think any of their passive perceptions are that high in this party. I'd have, to, I'd have to double check, but I think they were all between like 12 and 14, which is also a first. I feel like in every campaign, we at least have one person who's got like a... You know 18, 19, 20 in perception and kind of negates a lot of those abilities if that person is in the front, like you know, scoping things out and checking it. Uh, originally, there's a swarm of cranium rats here, but we just used the cranium rats in the nautiloid as kind of a pseudo boss fight. I liked it, I think it worked out pretty well, but I don't see the reason to necessarily use them again here, even though, as written, they're supposed to just see the party and then go and warn. Uh, the boss, and I guess there's a little bit of an opening in the door they can scooch under. Um, it may be better to just, if I want to do that, I would probably just have a single rat maybe looking at these guys as a warning system, or or some other creature that could be um, thralled, I guess. I mean, you could just use a person He's got all these people. Uh, we did talk about also using different um, people stat blocks that are slightly modified. Is that also something I can search in the compendium? That would be useful. All right, compendium. I want you to be nice now. i click on monsters. And then we're going to search by humanoid, I think, and see if we can come up with something. Because I would like it if we could add either claws to everybody or even different creature things. In fact, there's also a mind flare section I could probably look at. In terms of what they do with their thralls. Oh, siren's going by. An error has occurred. Okay. Well, roll 20. I don't know what to take. Let's You're going to work at all this session, or you're just going to be a dick. Aha! Did that work? That might have worked. Yeah, that looks. These look humanoid, right? Are trolls humanoid? Alchemist, acolyte, abjurer. I don't think we're looking at spellcasters. These are people that have been thralled and then like messed with and like enhanced and turned into like foot soldiers. So what is a good stat block? Something that's uh, pretty weak. Archer was, oh, there's Archer. Yeah, can I use like an Archer stat block? Oh, geez, Archer is CR 3. That's way stronger than I was picturing. I guess I could just keep Bandit and maybe... Or use Bandit... Captain? Something? I need a, somebody with like a cool range attack. I'm just trying to see if there's a base stat block for that. Bandit Captain's probably too strong also. How much more fighting do they have beyond the Roper Eels? Yeah, um... Well, I guess that's what we're trying to determine here. This guy's fucking picture is hilarious. He absolutely just smelled. He went into the public bathroom and just saw. (laughs) Like, no. Not going here. I be using a different room. (laughs) CR2. Eh, That's too strong. I I believe these are all bandits in here, the ones that I used. I'll have the bandit stat block, but I gave them the flinching claws. So the only fight I don't I honestly I don't think the mind player is gonna do shit. Unless the players do something smart and they get the drop on him, he can use his uh mind ability. Scout and Trouble Warrior are both good. And like guard, I think is another one, where they're all they're all kind of the same, and just like slightly different variations of hit points and armor class, basically is probably what we're looking for. In fact, we could really do, we could probably do three different base stat blocks if I wanna cover like all the different biological enhancements this guy could do. One of them, these guys would be the DPS, right? He'd be giving them claws, so they'd be in there just shredding people. You could do another one that's like, got some kind of uh, carapace, like tightness thing over them. Maybe I could use the Aldani stat block for that. And they would be the tanks, essentially. They would be like, and maybe they have an ability where they could like, protect their allies. And then a third one would have some kind of backline ranged attacks, where they're—I—I do not know how you biologically give like implant crossbow bolts in people or something. They like just hold their wrists and just fire out. I'm almost becoming like little action figures now, <laughs> You're just firing some kind of like spikes out of your arms somehow. Maybe that are. I don't know, poisonous or something interesting. So yeah, I think I think between all in fact the bandit even has a crossbow. Yeah, crossbow attack. You could look at that. And none of them are supposed to be particularly hard. This isn't about this isn't the finesse of like making these powerful, like equivalent to PC characters. This is about making a bunch of just minion foot soldiers uh in high quantities to just generate an army. Is kind of what we're looking for. So probably. And, and they should all be, like, no higher than CR1, and this would probably be a tease to the kind of army that's going to be assaulting uh, Neverwinter in Chapter 2. In fact, that might be one of the factions I replace it with, is the transformed, like, Fiskerbach people, or Gunderland people in general, people have undergone these, like, enhancements, and they're all just Mind Flayer thralls, essentially. I'm just trying to see if there's. None of them would be spellcasters, I don't think. I think I had to leave that to creatures who are already. can already cast spells and have allied themselves with the watery factions. Scout, I think, is the good one for. God, there's a lot of humanoids (laughs) now that I look at it. Uh, We're still in the seas. Jeez. I think Scout is probably the best one for a ranged attacker. Go all the way down. Ooh, lots of different sea spawns too. Monster manual expanded 2. Half crab, half humanoids. Three's a little bit stronger than what I'm looking for. Did I mention I have all the monsters available? 2 for a tail stinger, okay, okay. So maybe they've been given a, maybe like a manticore style tail, that can, I, I need somebody that can do a range attack, basically, somebody in the back who can do range attacks. Sharpshooter's gonna be too high. Scout, nope, we missed scout. Scout SC, there it is. Basically, yeah, basic stat block from the Monster Manual, CR one half, that's probably perfect. AC 13, hit point 16, it's got the longbow, which deals nice damage, actually a multi-attack at that low CR rating, which is kind of surprising. I wonder if I can get away with just literally using the scout token, or if I should get a little more clever and use something else, but, oh okay, I have to delete that one, I don't like the... Well, 20 does this either. If you've already got the creature in here and you try to drag it, it's like, no, well, you've got that creature. I guess it's a way of saying, like, hey, you don't need it, you've got it, but the version I have has no uh, tokens, and it doesn't really work for me. So I think the only way to do that is to delete it. Ooh, spawn is already in here, though. Nope, not Sea Lion. It's got an army of Sea Lions. Uh, CR1. Uses its piscine anatomy. What the hell is this? Taken from Bolo's Guide to Monsters. Contains new variants to help diversify the sea spawn, a common enemy in the Call from the Deep campaign. Okay. Okay, this might be the creature I'm looking for. Uh, by the way, a swarm of lightning eels is definitely winning. So we'll go with the uh, we'll go with the swarm of lightning eels for the watery. Section which I think is a good pick. Four down here uses the same token either way as it's just a smaller version. And we'll put them on the GM layer as well. All right, so c spawn. This is a creature from Call from the Deep, and maybe the stat block of my dreams. Makes two unarmed strikes, which are pretty weak. Plus four for four damage. There's one or more of the following attack options by the appropriate anatomy. So it can bite, or has increased AC, has a weapon, electric lash. Flash, lure each creature within five feet of the sea spawn. You can see it, must be a DC 12 cons. every be blinded. Oh, is that like the anglerfish thing? <laughs> or a pincer, which can grapple people. I wish its damage was a little higher. When do these creatures are supposed to show up? Attack on Baldur's Great, Almor, Earth Trisk. Wow, okay. Kinda late in the in the campaign, considering they're such uh relatively low level. I guess they can appear in uh that's a weird token. So taking from Alright, let's look this creature up then if it's from Volos. Uh, this is the compendium? Okay. Oh yeah, did we drag the scout? Let's make sure we grab... Or, wait, we may not need the scout, actually, if we're using that C-spawn. Let's look at that. C-spawn. Okay, it's also is it in Morton which is probably the upgraded version. okay. Okay with the ocean live on a sea spawn, haunted the waves like torture reflections of their former selves. Coral encrust them, barnacles cling to their cold skin, lungs that once filled with air can now breathe in water as well. Tales provide myriad reasons for these strange transformations. Folklore warns against failing in love, falling in love with a seal from Murpho, bribing storms was about a catch. So they're just fish people, like maybe cursed or something. Krakens, Morcatz, Sea Hags, Merid, Storm Giants, Dragon Turtles—all of these and more can mark mortals as their own and claim them as minions. Unlucky folk might become beholden to one such a master through a bleak bargain. They might find themselves cursed by one. One formed of a fish-like form of sea can't leave the water for long, without courting death. Well, fuck! This might be perfect, because our villain is an elder brain grafted onto a kraken. So perhaps they've come up with a way to do this. And that's and that's far fishier. <laughs> Does this take away too much from the mind flare thrall thing, or do we think this is uh equally appropriate? Or maybe, I mean, my players don't know the context of C spawn. Maybe this is this is their whole deal is the Mind Flayers, now that they're have access to the Kraken, they can create these C spawn creatures. I I don't know. I think this could this could work, the token is delightful. That is the the most frowniest clown face I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, let's delete our C spawn one and replace it with this one. Where is that one? Because we do have access to the official art. We will use that instead. Yeah, now it is m- way more hit points. For the C spawn, thirty-two instead of like ten. Yeah, do we like this idea? It's base. It's stab blocks a little funky. Oh, interesting. Choose one to roll a one d six, determine if it either has a bite attack or a poison quill attack or a t- Okay, now this is different. So I wonder if vol- if it updated from Volos. So Volo's, let's see if we can spot the differences. Yeah, it's got the limited amphibiousness, multi-attack, uses two unarmed strikes and one of its Piscine Anatomy abilities, which is either a Bite, Poison Quill, or tenant. No, it looks like it's the same. Uh, let's see. Well, I guess it just added the fact that you can have a D6 on there to determine what it's gonna do. It looks like it actually uh, lowered its attack modifier to a plus four. Gave it the same i I'm trying to look at all the differences because Mordenkynons did kind of update things. Still medium, plus four to hit. 1d6 poison damage, 1d4 plus 2, or 1d6 plus 2 bludgeoning, dc12, yeah, it's the only thing I can see is that it lowered it to a plus 4. And I don't see anywhere where they would have the stronger armor necessarily. But, that's pretty good. The only thing I would change is I think the quills uh, need to be a ranged attack. If they're a ranged attack, I think it's perfect. Because then they can either do an additional bite, which is just... Well, that's boring. The bite's the same fucking thing as the unarmed strike. The poison quills, if they're a ranged attack, obviously have range. They do poison damage, and they can poison you. And then the tentacle uh, does more damage and can grab, grab people at 10 feet. So that's pretty useful. I guess the bite's the only one that's not... Doesn't really do anything. I wonder if I would give the bite more damage or something. It's got like shark teeth. Okay. Well, that kind of... I, I don't get my high AC guys, but... Oh, and then here's where the C-spawn extra guys come in. From Monster Manual Expanded 2. Which then have... Oh, that's cool looking. It's like Ursula. But these look like they're all a lot stronger. CR four... Well, I would, but the quills are already poisonous. Stinger, CR 12. Shocker, CR 3, yeah, I think these are all a lot stronger. I'm kinda liking these C spawn though. I mean, I am I think I'm okay with the lower AC because they're getting a lot more hit points. I can't get over that funny, that, that fucking frown is just so hilarious. It's just It looks like it's just a clown face. <laughs> <laughs> so sad so sad but yeah, I, I like to think this is this is because of the Mind Flayer's influence on the Kraken and that's how they're able to transform people into the C spawn so yes, I think we will have a fight Um, I guess, are we not going to do the Funcing Claws thing, we're just going to replace them with the C spawn, I wonder if we're okay with that I think I'm okay with that and it's just up to me to determine, yeah, what extra attack it's... This is actually written wrong. Weapon attack plus zero. I don't think that's correct. Yeah, that's been entered wrong in here. So plus four to hit. Yeah, the bite needs to have something. Uh, so we we'll get rid of that. And we're going to make the poison quills a ranged attack. Uh... I don't know if we won't even make it that. Maybe just 30 feet, though. Oops. We'll do like 30, 60. Uh, technically, it wouldn't have a plus four if it was doing a range attack, but I think I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> and then talking about 16, DC, 12, con save or become poisoned for one minute. I like that effect. Uh, so we'll do. All right, so we're changing that, and then the tentacle. Melee of 10 feet. Attempt to even make that a longer one. Eh, 10 feet's probably good. They don't have like this giant retractable thing. Uh, 1d6 plus 2, and then is grappled. Uh, kings of the tentacle, another target. I assume they could also reel them in. I always like that effect too. Uh, what can we make the bite more interesting? Hmm. Let I me mean, just make it like a D8. Just make it that much stronger. Make it like shark jaws. What does a, what does a shark do? Got like reef shark. Yeah, even a Reef Shark has a D8 plus two, so if it has like Shark Jaws, I think we can give it a D8. Okay, so now we've got some differences here. So it always does two one-arm strikes, which is not that powerful, but then its third ability can, depending on just what type I want to give it, which I guess I'll have to remember which creature is which, it can bite them for more damage, or shoot and possibly poison, or... Grab people with a tentacle and grapple them. Which are all fun things. Okay, well, if that's the case. did not need vision. Is uh, your AC? I wonder why the AC isn't showing up there. I think it was eleven. Yeah. Natural armor. Not much natural armor for... EC of 11. What Naked is like 10, right? right, Alright. We'll place these three with these creatures. And that's the whole place should be a lot more like... You know, weirdly watery then. Because they can't really hang... Because the whole thing is that they can't be out of the water... For too long. So maybe there's... Maybe the whole area has been, like, partially... hmm. I guess I don't have to follow those rules. (laughs) The DM cackles. A sea spawn can breathe air and water, but it needs to be submerged in the sea at least once a day for one minute to avoid suffocating. Alright, well that's actually not that bad. But they would not be able to just hang out on land all the time. Submerged in the sea. But guess what? We created all this sea right here so they can clearly go out there and take a dip whenever they need to. All right, so now that we have that, no more than probably four of these creatures. Hmm. So, what is the script that we try to write before the players fuck it all up? <laughs> They come in here, most likely they trip some kind of alarm system, and I'll have to have some kind of method for if they do or if they don't alert the enemies, because if they don't, they'll be able to make it all the way in here, but presumably once, like, doors are being opened, I guess I could put a guard out here, maybe have this door be opened or something, to where once they open it, they kind of spot this guy here, and that kind of starts the action. Hmm. The only tricky thing is if they make it into here, and then the mind flayer does his thing. But I want I want to force the fight back out here. Um, then I'm not sure how to do that. Versus if they trigger an alarm system out here, and I could honestly I could script it to where they they're going to trigger it either way, I guess. Feels a little presumptuous on my part, but this is a high-level mind flare lieutenant who would not leave, you know, the area unguarded. Or you could even you could just throw one of these guys out here, and he spots them as soon as they see him, and he runs, and then they're like, "I could even not put them in initiative, but make them run after him." In fact, he doesn't even need to run. I think if Maybe if they're thralls, he can can they communicate psychically or something? Maybe they didn't even have to follow him. Maybe his eyes roll back in the head and then the mind flare like speaks out of its voice or something. Or you could use you could use the cranium rat thing, right? You could have the <laughs> that would actually be pretty funny. Have the rat be the alarm system, but the rat's eyes roll back in its head and then it speaks uh, like telepathically uh to everybody so it warns that maybe that's a better idea so maybe we include uh a rat it doesn't have to be a rat it could be anything What creature would be well we 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 established the the rats are involved and can be converted so maybe that maybe that teasing maybe using the cranium rat earlier was a good tease for the kind of creatures that are here but I don't necessarily want to use just another swarm of cranium rats. I don't want it to be I don't want it to be a, a combat fight. Here we go. Do we have something like a dire rat? It's just a single There we go. That's a single crazy looking rat. The fuck is this picture? <laughs> Pictures of a dead rat. Interesting. You cannot spell flame wrath without rat. It's right there in wrath, isn't it? Cannot spell Nosferatu without rat. This is fascinating. Cannot spell monastic operative without rat, <laughs> or a separating ooze. Oh yeah, pirate. Oh man, a pirate. What a great character concept. I gotta write that one down. Cranium giant wolf spider. Ooh, that's creepy. Crawling up the walls. The hot tub must return. (laughs) You've befouled our hot tub. So yeah, what if we just had like one cranium rat here, and then that's the whole alarm system, so as soon as they open the door... You know what? I could even have it to where they can... So let's, let's use their vision for a second. Gotwald's got dark vision. So at what point can you tell... Okay. So if you open the door and start coming out here, you can see... Start seeing that there's a large chamber. Start coming down the stairs. Yeah, there we go. That's what, actually not too bad. Once they start coming down the stairs like here. Uh, I could even tuck it like right here. And then once, yeah, so the idea is once they start coming down the stairs, this rat then pokes its head out, and we trigger the scene there. Yeah, we're rat pirates. That's a great concept. Or uh, the uh, in the patron game we're playing right now, the setting has uh, rat folk. So straight up. Never thought about the joke, Pirate. So we can still use the cranium Rat thing, but in this case, it will be literally just a guard, and it will... I could even do my little villain, like a half-villain speech uh, based on this rat to kind of explain, like, just... I don't know, whatever speech I want to write from the Mind Flayer's point of view through the rat. And then the players, which I'm hoping will do something cool, like, oh, I'm going to fucking loose an arrow into this rat's face, and that, like, ends the conversation. would be perfect. But then this door cracks open... And outs and out rushes um these fucking sea spawn. And they're all like mutated townsfolk, basically. And I think we would use uh four of them. So this is gonna be a cool like one, two, three fight, I think. We're gonna have a horde fight here with like a bunch of creatures that are not very strong. Um if I wanted to, I could even mind blast them to really shake them up, because they will be fully rested level five. We could have the mind flayer appear behind this army and mind blast the PCs. It's a frightening ability, and then he would not stick around; he would disappear. But it, I mean, it's still trait. Like if you get that mind blast off, you have a chance to literally stun lock people. With that intelligence saving throw, it's kind of nuts. But that's also the scariest thing he can do. I guess he could throw his gas canister. I don't know why it shows up as a melee weapon attack. 5d10 poison damage is insane damage. And a DC 20 con save or suffer one of the following effects. They're poisoned, or they could develop short-term madness. Or they become mutated. Or gain a little exhaustion. Wow. Or stunned. That is... I guess that's worse. (laughs) That's a lot worse than his Mind Blast. (laughs) Jesus. I can really cast Dominate Monster. not know if he wants to fuck off out of there. So yeah, Mind Blast might be the classic move to do. Uh, Although I wouldn't want him to hit his allies either. And he's got levitation, so he could just levitate into the room after that fight or maybe while the fight's going on. I, I don't know. I'll have to think about it some more in terms of the balance of uh, like them seeing him. Like It, it just depends on if I want to actually see him and have him get an attack off before he leaves would be pretty effective versus literally just not ever seeing him and just throw minions at the party and then him uh, leaving. Or you could have him hang back, assume the minions are going to take care of it, and when they finish him off, they can storm in here. And then he can get his mind blast and then disappear as a weird like kind of coda epilogue to things. I just don't know how much anticlimactic that would be. Thinking they're gonna fight this big mind flare boss, but then he does like one scary thing and then he just leaves and I end initiative and everything. If they would feel uh, kind of cheated by that, um, but at some point when around the time he leaves, if if he's finding them out here is when he would trigger his, like, um, I don't know, he'd mention some kind of system or he's enthralled a unique creature um, of this cave or something that has lying dormant for so long. And they might might think it's some big, like, sea creature come out of the water. Instead, it's going to be this fucking roper coming down from the ceiling who's then immediately going to start grabbing at people, which I would... It's kind of, you technically can't get a surprise round in the middle of combat. So I think the best way to do that, and something I've done before, is to secretly roll initiative for uh, that creature, and then they don't get a chance to target or do anything about it until that creature gets to go, which is kind of a surprise round, although there's no chance for the creature to go twice. Before the players do, I guess, would be the difference. because the surprise round, you technically have that chance, depending on how initiative plays out. But if you're already in combat, you're. I don't think there's any way to insert like a surprise round. I think the best method is to just hide their initiative and just have them join the fight. But they join the fight right when their turn happens, obviously. Instead of it just showing up at the beginning of the round and then rolling initiative. Which I've done before, also. Just kind of giving it to fate to determine where their die rolls are. And then the Roper kind of acts as basically the boss in lieu of the Mind Flayer itself. I'm just don't, I'm still debating on how much of the Mind Flayer I want to use versus just using it as kind of a dialogue sequence in the middle of this fight. But I think really this whole thing is going to come down. I'm picturing like one big fight, basically, in this big room, hopefully. I think this is a cool room with a nice elevation change. The Roper, just such a cool location to use that creature. And now I'm excited about using the Sea Spawn, which should uh, definitely hang around a little bit longer. Um, not very strong, but you know, 30 average of 30 hit points. And they've got like triple attack uh, should be pretty interesting and gives a player a chance to use whatever kind of AOE abilities they've got to nuke a lot of them. And then hopefully I can time it well with, you know, waiting another round or two, which is always going to be tricky. And then we actually unleash this uh, roper fight, which can grab people reel them in. And then if the players get out of it, they drop into the water where they will then be attacked by a swarm of lightning eels, which is also just absolutely fantastic as a big memorable boss fight. And the players are level f- gonna be level five going into this, so they'll be you know third level spell slots, uh, multi attack, just you know that much more health. So I'm feeling a little more confident about throwing some a uh, little bit more powerful uh, creatures at them. The only question is how much of the actual Mind flare stuff. Do I want to use is still up for debate, and and please feel free to comment on YouTube or in Discord. I love having these uh, conversations about, especially if it's uh, obviously I love having conversations about like story stuff, but I, I, that's kind of harder to uh, you know debate because a lot of it's the story I want to tell versus like the the like the encounter stuff, like the balancing and the way that you know we do DCs and creature stuff like that. We can have all kinds of discussions about because. I think that's just an ongoing iterative process of trying to create decently well-balanced battles. The biggest thing, I mean, they can be challenging or they can be easy, but are they fun? Are they engaging? Is it interesting? And the only thing that worries about me about the Mind Blast ability is that it has a chance to permanently lock down players. I guess the, the best way to fix that would be to say it ends at the end of your turn instead of you have to keep making the save every turn. The fact that You can just perma-lock people down, and there's really no recourse uh, for that ability, I don't think. Um, And in fact, the players are even weaker now because, like, uh, used to be with their last campaign in Rhyme, they had a Bard who could give Bardic Inspiration, which helped a lot when it came to doing saves, assuming he was able to give it, and you had an Artificer who could give Flash of Genius, which was also a really good ability where you could just straight-up give somebody, like, I think it was like a plus four, so it was like your intelligence bonus uh, to various checks and saves and things. And they don't, I believe, have access to any of those kind of abilities with this particular party. These are, um, this is probably the least supportive party we have. I don't think we have anybody who's really support. Uh, the wizard can obviously be support with a lot of their spells, but our wizard is so far going very uh, damage heavy. And then we've got. You know, fighter, ranger, and warlock—none of which would I would consider um, specifically support, even that their abilities are specifically like helping uh, other people, like through heals or stat buffs or ability to get through checks and things. So that part makes me a little bit worried about stun locking people, because that is not a fun thing to do uh, to players. So I can always, I can always rebalance that and change it, um, just because I don't like that like base feature in DD. But I, whether or not I want to actually have him show up. And do something to the players or whether he just wants to speak through like his minions or his rats. And then by the time they're done with this big fight, which will take probably most of the session and they go in there and they'll just see kind of the, the plans that he's left behind where they'll get confirmation. That's like, this is where they made, you know, I can find like a, a C spawn who's like half, you know, transformed basically. And this is where they like made these creatures. And they made a lot of these creatures. Um, and yeah, and this is, now they're all gone they're they're off on a big assault the players have to get back to so exciting times we probably honestly still need to cover some baronzo mine i keep making these big 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 changes every time we do a crafting stream so maybe we'll we'll talk about it again um when i return from the break which is probably good just because it'll be a while since i've thought about since i will have thought about dnd uh but then we also will need to definitely start talking about chapter two a lot actually yeah, it will be chapter two because this this should effectively end chapter two, act two. This should effectively end act one, like Bronzo Mine, and then we'll have some kind of falling action where they get back to Gunder, uh, Gund They turn in the quest to King Red Axe. They get some money. They get a chance to get their ship back. They can spend, you know, maybe even buy some magic items, very very limited amount there, and maybe get some ships and basically convince the king to go travel across Neverwinter to this big um, section, which is all of acts. 2 slash chapter 2 in Call from the Deep, which is the big defense from Never wonder That's the thing that we really need to prep and is going to take a long time to prep, and I don't have any idea how many sessions that's going to be. That's all level 5 stuff, so we also need to talk about those for crafting streams, but for now, I think that is going to do it for this Thursday. As a reminder, I am out all next week from doing streams. There is a patron game tonight for Platinum players who signed up for it, and you will, all of you will see that next week, so there will be at least one video going up uh, next week uh, for the Patreon game that we will play tonight. Otherwise, I am out next week, no streams or anything, and then I will 95% probably be out on the 1st as well, because technically that's a holiday, uh, and yeah, I just mentioned hopefully hanging out with Chris and stuff, so probably not doing the crafting stream on monday either so you may actually not see me streaming wise for a full two weeks which is a long ass time for me to be away from streaming i will miss all of you terribly but uh, i certainly hope we all have a wonderful safe fun holiday break all right Uh, i need to join the if you enjoy the content of course Check out patreon.com slash rogue. Watson out to platinum patrons Joe, Will, Thomas, Stan, Brennan, Zenociner, Eclectic, Role Play Role, Christopher, Corey, Big Nut, John, F, John, L, Scott, Eric, Tyler, Nathan, Camp Crystal, and Counselor, Andrew, Daryl, the Reldron, Captain Winnie 79, Stephanie, Andy, Patrick, Jason, and Ismail, and Gold Patrons, RPG, Paper Crafts, Breeboy, and Yuma, the Lizard, Lion, Sam, Lumpy, Spuds, Jerome, Nathan, Pascal, Scott, Rufus, Carolyn, Jerry, Thomas, and Glenn. Thank you all very much for your support, and to all a good uh, af- afternoon, I guess, morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are.